Welcome to our third and final 2023 season preview edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points Podcast. At least I think so. There's always a chance we'll work one in that week before the season starts, but no guarantees, right? <laughs> We're just teasing it for fun. Well, first we'd have to come up with something important to say, and I have, can't think of what that is just yet. So We could always release one that's just us talking back and forth about non-football topics. That would... That would keep the listeners engaged. Sort of a, don't forget to download us next week when we have actual football. Yeah. All right, we'll keep that in mind. That's a possibility. Mark your calendars. <laughs> oh, boy. I am Bruce Monning, your host. And we also have with us, just like the last two episodes, our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monning. Someday I'm going to have to do something to justify those titles. Someday. It's, it's not today. <laughs> <laughs> and back again for his third episode is our guest, Mr. Van Wright. Van, three shows makes you the all-time record holder for most appearances by a guest on this podcast. Many have sought that holy grail of podcast presence, and I'm the only one to find it. And I'm honored. We'll see how long that record lasts or whether I'm edited out of most of the content. But I do want to thank Rebecca Monin, Chief Executive Officer, Chief Executive Producer, and Chief Researcher for this invitation. It's very meaningful to me, and I want to thank her. Well, we love having you here. In this episode, we will preview Division 7 teams from our West Central Ohio coverage area. And we will also take a brief look at the teams participating in eight-man football. And Rebecca, now that mm -hmm. I think about it, we'll get to this later, but the eight-man football may be a reason we need that last podcast right before the season starts. But we'll get to oh, that later. Okay. I'm always down for an eight-man deep dive. Once again, we are going to divide the teams up based on their results of the last four years into likely playoff teams, possible playoff teams, and unlikely playoff teams, just so you get an idea of maybe who are the teams to watch for the most. This is based on no actual non-mathematical information other than what Van is feeding us here. So take that with the grain of salt it is intended. We shall start in Division 7, Region 26. And look at this, Rebecca. There are 33 teams in this region. Oh, my goodness. That means... You said 28 was the highest we were going to see. I thought it was. I suddenly see 33 in this one. That means over half the teams will not make the playoffs in this region. Now, do you remember a few episodes ago, Rebecca? I mentioned I had received an email from someone at the Ohio High School Athletic Association. I sure and they, do. And they confirmed that since they're taking 16 teams in the playoffs now, they don't worry so much about evening out the number of schools. They instead try to keep the geographic area of each region as compact as possible to cut down those banned bus rides in the playoffs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So region 26, 33 teams, and that includes Patrick Henry dropping down from division six. And as I've mentioned before, Patrick Henry in a tough conference where they are far and away the smallest team. So they're a team that's going to play a lot of division four or five type schools in the regular season. Watch out for Patrick Henry here. Funny, I forgot to list them as one of my likely playoff teams. Put them they're there. In, you, they're in your possible playoff teams. Ah, move, move them. Well, yeah. So <laughs> there's a reason for that. That's because they're probably going to lose a number of games in the regular season because they're playing those teams of much larger enrollment. So 
a regular season record may not be as good as some other teams, which will hurt their computer points. If they would win, they would get more computer points, right? That's right. right. But considering some of those teams are like Archbold and Liberty Center and teams like that, it's a tough, it's it's a a tough regular season for Patrick Henry. Yeah. Um, okay. 33 teams there. How many do I have that are on the list that we're following, Rebecca? I think it's I counted 20. 20. All right. So this is our prime region here. Our most likely playoff teams in this region. Oh, again, mainly because of how many teams there are here. I think six wins will be required if you want to be guaranteed to make in the playoffs. Good chance five will do it. But if you want to be guaranteed, that sixth win is going to be needed. Our most likely playoff teams, we have Macomb, Lima Central Catholic, Antwerp, and Waynesfield Goshen. We'll probably talk about them later, but I, I like seeing Antwerp there quite the season last year. Our possible playoff teams, we have Defiance Ayersville, Arlington, Upper Soto Valley, Patrick Henry, Pandora Gilboa, Delphus Jefferson, Delpha St. John's, Harden Northern, Lipsick. And Convoy Crestview. Oh, and almost forgot Ada. And that leaves a few teams who are going to be, you know, 17 teams don't make it. If you haven't won many games the last few years, you're probably going to need quite the turnaround to make it this year. Unfortunately, in that category this year, we would put Lima Perry, Arcadia, Ridgemont, Corey Rawson, and Van Lu, who quite frankly struggles just to get 11 boys playing football some years. So, of these teams, last year, Lima Central Catholic went 6-4 and four in the regular season. Uh, doesn't sound that impressive, but they played a really tough independent schedule. Uh, they then won the region afterwards before they lost in the state semifinals to New Bremen. Antwerp, as I mentioned before, undefeated regular season before they lost to Lima Central Catholic in the regional finals. Waynesfield Goshen also undefeated in the regular season before they lost to Gibsonburg in the second round. All these undefeated teams are going to be soaking up some playoff spots, aren't they? Sure are, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you've done a, a, it's a great summary right there. In your likely playoff teams, Macomb, I was just at Macomb the other day. Again, the Panthers, they just dig down and go to work. The quarterback at LCC, Parker, is a player. He's a good one. Antwerp, the Archers. I like the Archers again. I'm not sure they're going to have that run like last year, but they're going to be very good. Winsell Goshen's been pleasantly surprising and will continue to work hard. I, I think in the in the possible playoff teams you have in there, I, I look for, for Pandora Gilboa to pretty good. I, I really do. Obviously, Patrick Henry, I think, will, will, will get to six wins. I think they will, and I think they're going to make it too. So those are a couple of teams in the, in the possible playoff teams you're you're right though bruce there's teams in this group that are eight men football bound and i say it uh, or maybe i like to say it because maybe that's what they should do van lu should be doing that right now ridgemont and Corey ross and arcadia are all possible eight man teams and we will talk about that in a little more depth just a little bit here van mentioned macomb i would argue they were probably the second best team in this region last year they had a loss in week two of the regular season to Marion Local, which, you know, Marion Local beat everyone they played last year. And then they lost by four points to LCC in the third round of the playoffs. That's a, that's a pretty good season. 
Last year, Upper Soto Valley and Pandora Gilboa, they were number eight and number nine. So they were, how shall I say, placed against each other in the first round of the playoffs. Pandora Gilboa earned that win. Number 10, Delphus Jefferson had to play number seven, Defiance Ayersville in the opening round of the playoffs. And the lower seed there again, number 10, Jefferson got the win. Uh, finally, number 12, Delphus St. John's took out number five, Arlington in the first round of the playoffs. So we had a lot of computer point wise upsets in the first round of the playoffs among our teams in this region. All three of those teams lost in the second round though afterwards. Yeah, most of them fall into the juggernauts like Macomb and LCC. What else do we have here? Edgerton made the playoffs. They lost in the first round last year. I really don't know anything about Edgerton, if they'll be back or not. I think Edgerton is very inconsistent in, in the size of the school, or just the nature of the school. It's a wonderful community and school, but they just struggle, I think, year to year, Bruce. So we'll have to see what they have this year. I hope, it, I hope they come out there and do well. Convoy Crestview, Lipsick, and Ridgemont all missed the playoffs despite four and six records. Again, suffering from the uh, the state putting 33 teams in their region, I believe. Aiden Arcadia missed out with three and seven records. That would have been good enough in some regions, not in this one. Corey Ross and Van Lu, tough years. And that's pretty much been the case many of the recent years. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit more in our eight-man segment. Down in the southern portion of Division 7, in Region 28, only 25 teams here. I think four wins locks up the playoff spot. Last year, two wins pretty much got it done. It was one team that had two wins that ended up number 17. Every other two-win team made the playoffs in this region last year. Wow. Hmm. Of course, this year, Marion Local and Covington dropped down from Division 6. So Going to make it a bit harder. Yep. Our likely playoff teams, Marion Local, Mechanicsburg, Ansonia, Fort Laramie, DeGraff, Riverside, New Bremen, all looking good for the playoffs. Our possible playoff teams, it looks like a MAC lineup here, Fort Recovery, Minster, St. Henry, and Sidney Lehman, who tried to get into the MAC at one time but was rejected in their request. That was the year that the MAC picked for sale. The several teams applied. The MAC picked for sales as the team to add that time. So, gotcha. I don't think anyone would disagree with that choice too much. No. Our less likely playoff teams: Covington, who only played seven games last year, and I hear may still be having some numbers problems. Bradford, who only played one game, and that was against Covington last year. Things I've seen says they have 33 players signed up for football this year and at least 30 showing up at every practice or weightlifting thing. So maybe Bradford's back this year. That would be nice. And Miss Cinnamon Valley's been having a hard time earning the wins lately. So they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs. Bruce, when I look at this group, there's a lot of great teams in there. And Sonia has an edge with the best BG grad AD in, in this region in Clay George. Clay George is one of the youngest athletic directors in the state of Ohio and truly an, a rising star in that world of, of the underrated athletic director positions. He's gonna he's doing a great job at Ansonia. They're going to be good for sure. My late father's alma mater, DeGraff High School then, now DeGraff Riverside. My dad graduated from there in 1932. I did not the know that, Sam. 
Yeah, my dad graduated and uh, born and raised in DeGraff or outside DeGraff and went to school in DeGraff High School, 1932 grad. So I'm there all the time. Also, the Pirates will be good. Those possible playoff teams are, I think you've got a lot of great names in there. I think they're going to get there. Uh, Sidney Lehman, I, I, I wonder. And then you've got some other schools there, and you mentioned them, that, that I just wonder if, if they're going to be able to go. And, and again, I, I've called on Bradford High School for 18 straight years. I love the Rotors. There's no bigger fan of the Rail Rotors than me. I love them, but they don't have enough students to consistently play football. And if this year they have enough, my question would be, what about in two years? Because that's been the pattern. Wonderful stadium there. They have, I mean, I, I love going there, but but these are eight-man type schools. Uh, the Bradford's Mississippi Valley, the home of the Blackhawks, love them over there, but very similar, Bruce. Yep, I would agree. To review some of these teams, like I said, Marion Local and Covington came down from Division Six. Marion Local was the state champion in Division Six, where Covington canceled three games and only defeated Bradford last year. So. You're kind of getting a top and a bottom type team from last year moving into this region. New Bremen won the state title last year, beating Riverside in the second round. They beat Ansonia in the third round. They beat Fort Laramie in the regional final. So we had a lot of teams we cover playing against each other in the playoffs there. Watch out for Mechanicsburg, who was 9-3 and three last year, saw them in the playoffs, an incredibly young team last year. They lost to eight and five Minster in the second round. Not a lot of seniors, and I don't recall even a lot of juniors on that team. It was a very, very young squad. They should only get better. And in a town like Mechanicsburg, you know they love their football there. Those kids are going to those kids are going to stick with it. So they love it. They love Mechanicsburg. High level, high participation level. Great town. Great French fries at the concession stand too. By the way, at Mechanicsburg. <laughs> Strong French fries. You know, I'm surprised. In fact, I, I want to come back next year on a food-based podcast for food at at the stadiums. I think that's something that Rebecca's researching, and she's going to write that down as she makes notes. Sure will. By the way, mentioning Mechanicsburg, I'm going to say the same thing about our home team of Minster here. Also a very young team this year. Officially, they're only listed as a likely playoff team. I have them penciled into the playoffs. I don't think you're keeping them out of the playoffs this year, much like Mechanicsburg. I agree with you 100%. The Wildcats, I think, are going to be there. St. Henry, my good friend, the AD, Dennis Wendell, BG's former left tackle, as you know, Bruce, outstanding player there. We'll have St. Henry there. I think Fort's got a little work to do, but uh, but yeah, they're such a, a great group of teams. And of course, Marion Local. I mean, there's nothing better. People ask me all the time, what is Marion Local like, Van? Because people from around the state, when you walk in the door, you walk in the door and it's 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 like all of our schools down this way, respectful. They're, they're, they're ready to go. They're prepared. And it shows on the football field. It really does. I've actually been spending a lot of time in the Marion Local School District lately, the wind's been out of the west. I'm doing my bicycle rides out that way. They built a nice new bicycle path in Maria Stein that I like to go down. And what people don't realize, they drive through and they see they see a church, a farmer's elevator, and a school, and a lot of fields. Just tucked off to the side, they have a lot of very nice housing subdivisions, just barely hidden away where the general public might not notice them. Very nice community. Lovely town. 
Let's see, a couple teams Van just mentioned. Fort Recovery made the playoffs last year at three and seven, lost in the first round. St. Henry snuck in at two and eight and then lost in the opening round of the playoffs. Same thing for Sydney Lehman. They had a four and six year, got in, lost in the first round of the playoffs. So good enough to make the playoffs, not much more. I believe St. Henry was something of a young team last year also. I'm hearing rumblings out of Fort Recovery that says they might have a little troubles this year. We'll see. But as we mentioned before, only 25 teams in this region. Some of the teams did not play a full season last year with Covington and Bradford. So really you think, okay, that was a couple of teams gone. Missinimo Valley, one and nine. You're thinking you're down to only about 22 real playoff competitors in this region. That's why it's only going to take two to four wins to get into the postseason. All right, that wraps up Division 7. On to eight-man football. As most of you know, Rebecca and I have been big proponents of the eight-man division through the years. Back in June, the Ohio High School Football Coaches Association announced that they will be hosting an eight-man state football championship after the regular season. So there will oh, be... Oh, excellent. It's not the Ohio High School Athletic Association yet, but it is the football coaches. So they are hosting a championship. We are waiting for details to see how many teams are going to put into the playoffs first. I believe they are waiting to see if this provides a little impetus for some teams to make the drop down to eight-man football from 11 if they're struggling to field a team. If a bunch of teams fall into eight-man, they'll expand the playoffs. If not, it'll probably be, my guess, four teams in the playoffs, much like last year. We shall see. As At the moment, there are only six teams lined up for eight-man football. So there may not be as much of a drive for the uh, Minster Bruce Modern Computer Points eight-man football championship trophy? No, somehow if the, uh, the State Football Coaches Association is hosting a championship, the Bruce Modern Computer Points podcast state title would have much less meaning. I think we can probably retire that trophy at ah. this point. I think it's going to be like the old days where you had who was number one on the AP poll or the UPI or the computer. You could still <laughs> you could still proclaim a state champion based on your own analysis also, Bruce. Well, this might the, get pushed out of the trophy case. The way I look at it is they have also not announced yet how they are going to pick the teams that are in the playoffs and how they're seated. Mm-hmm. It seems to me the obvious way would be to do computer points like the other and the other divisions to just consider eight man to be division eight. Yeah, and I would say that. We know the system like that, don't we, Rebecca? We sure do. We sure do. We've been doing yeah. it for years here. So yeah, we need they need to do one thing. One thing. Call Bruce Monin and immediately hire you to Ooh. handle division eight with chief researcher Rebecca Mon and, and you do the trophy presentation and so on on the field, the whole thing. They should immediately contact you. In fact, I'm surprised they haven't. I did get one email, was it last year or two years ago? They wanted to make sure I included the Indiana Club School that they added to the Northern 8 Conference last year and who does not appear to be in the conference anymore this year. Because normally I wouldn't count games against a club team. Yep. So whether they ever did anything with it or not, I have no idea. But So as of right now, the, the Northern 8 Conference has all six eight-man football teams in it. The conference champion, if nothing changes, is essentially the state champion then. Last year, the top two teams, Toledo Christian and Holgate, 
Toledo Christian dominated the regular season, but and finished nine and two. But it was seven and three Holgate who beat them in the championship game, which, if I remember right, Van was held at Bowling Green High School. Big crowd for that game. That was a good crowd. Now, I I have a question for you. I have memories of Bowling Green High School when I was like in high school, so a long, long time ago. They used to have the regional track meet at Bowling Green High School, and there must have been seating for about 200 people there. We Mm -hmm. all had to bring our own lawn chairs, I remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that was not the case for this game, that, that, that they have a much better facility now. Much better facility, and it's up to date. Very nice lockers and locker rooms, and so on. So these these six man teams were treated to a good venue with and a lot of fans and good concessions. Possibly the most important thing. <laughs> Ooh, do you have details on those concessions? Are we, we saving need to that research for, for the food episode? Yeah, we're going to do some research there. Well, we have a chief researcher. That's what she does. <laughs> Speaking of which, I always remember going to games at Lima Stadium when we played, Minster played Lima Central Catholic. They would cook chicken wings over the charcoal. Yeah. You know, they got the two grates. They have the grate, they put the chicken wing, and then the other one on top, so they could flip them over. Oh, that was good. That's elite food, and that's the kind of thing we're looking at for the res- for this podcast. So <laughs> we're looking for those type of venues. All right. So anyway, Toledo Christian Holgate at the moment seemed to be the top tier eight-man teams in the state over the last couple of years. Lakeside, Danbury, and Stryker also been fairly good. Sandusky, St. Mary's, not so much the last year or two. And we have a new team in eight-man football this year, Sebring-McKinley, over on the eastern part of the state. They decided to take the plunge. They don't like the long bus rides, but they thought if they could start things out, maybe other teams around them who are also – like the teams we've been talking about, who probably should be moving to eight-man, would join them in future years. Hats wow. off to Sebring McKinley for being having the guts to go first. Yeah, there's a lot of schools over there. Uh, you know, Sebring McKinley, as you know, Bruce, is just a little east of Alliance there. And there's a lot of schools, not just football-playing schools, Bruce, but a few smaller schools that don't play football today that might consider playing eight-man football. There's a, there's a few over there that might, in that part of the state with the funding and things they can do that might work out for Sebring McKinley uh, over there. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah maybe been there. It's home of the Purple and Gold, you know, the home of the Trojans. The school has about 30 students per grade. So it, it's it's eight-man level only. And uh, I, think, I think the Trojans, it's going to be a long ride for everybody back and forth. So that's a challenge, but we'll see. From what you said, that sounds like that area could be somewhat similar to, say, Putnam County, maybe. Yeah, the, yeah, Lincoln, the Lincoln Views, the uh, those type schools. Yeah, there, there's the Lincoln Views, the, the Continentals. Those type of schools exist over there, and I would just wonder if some of them, especially with some of the funding models they have over in that part of the state, that that might want to do something like that. It would be interesting. This particular school has had some athletic success over time. Sebring McKinley, they have. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's again, 30 students a grade. So, I mean, that's that's where they're at. All righty. So among these uh, eight-man teams, we mentioned Toledo Christian Holgate before. Stryker went six and four last year. 
they basically beat everyone who wasn't Toledo Christian and Holgate. Yeah. Yeah. Danbury Lakeside's another one up there, uh, you know, at Marblehead, the Lakers. You would think that they, they would be able to draw enough talent in there to get into eight man and be successful. They dropped down from 11. They couldn't support it. But if you would think that I, I look at Danbury Lakeside as a sleeping giant of, of eight man football. I think the future bodes well for Danbury Lakeside. Well, they went three and six last year, but more importantly, either in their trophy case or tucked away in the coach's office, they have the 2020 Bruce Monin's Computer Point State Championship Trophy for eight-man football. Well, that's in their trophy case, Bruce. That is not, that's not hidden away in any, by any means. Uh, the superintendent there, Kerry Beeler, as you know, is, is a good friend of mine. And Kerry and I have make sure that trophy is <laughs> well positioned. She is a big proponent of both your podcast, your trophy, and eight-man football. So again, to me, you and Rebecca are the eight-man football experts in this state and the state needs to needs to gather your information and get you involved officially in this process. Well, that is one of Rebecca's jobs that we do not mention on here. She is in charge of procuring the trophy every year. I so sure am. We didn't got a contact it. in the creative world who I reach out to once a year for that trophy. Although, to be honest, we never sent one last year since there was a conference championship and every eight man team was in the same conference. So it's limited edition that trophy. Yes, limited edition. I like that. We had Sandusky St. Mary's win this last year. They were one of the early eight-man football teams. Not a good year last year, though. Sebring McKinley, we'll, we'll see how they do. And darn, I was thinking we had a chance to stump Van. I thought maybe Van had never been to Sebring McKinley High School. Oh, well, yeah, I've been there. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't recruit that. What you, that's what you're thinking, uh, Bruce, is that's not in my marketplace. That's true, but... And getting over there to Alliance and that part of the state, helping out Bowling Green people, our admissions team over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I won't say I'm an expert, but I'm familiar with the purple and gold, the home of the Trojans. I wish them well. Okay. And that's, I believe, all we have, isn't it, Rebecca? I think so. We made it through all the divisions. All right. That wraps up our previews. Sometime after this last episode is put out, final scrimmages will be happening. Then they'll be followed by the start of the high school football season on a Thursday night. I kind of wish we had a game down this way on Thursday night. That big Napoleon defiance rivalry quite off, or quite often happens on Thursday. Don't know if it is this year, though. But anyway, be nice to get out before school starts and see a Thursday night game. The excitement of high school football is back. So this <laughs> podcast will be here every week once the season starts. Why don't you tell us how people can join those two people who emailed us last time? Sure. You can, of course, always reach us by tweeting on Twitter at Bruce Monin. And, of course, you can email us at bdmonin at nktelco.net. But besides sending us questions, please subscribe to this podcast at the Apple iTunes Store or on iHeartRadio or now on Amazon Music, a new edition this Ooh, year. moving up in the world. Yes. Just search for Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Trust me, it's the only podcast with that name on there. <laughs> and always will be the only podcast. It's the best. I would certainly hope so. Hard to beat. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, and we'll be glad to talk to you again as the season gets underway. So long, everyone.
Thanks a lot, Van. Yeah, I thought I enjoyed that. Thanks, Rebecca, for having me in. Bruce, thanks so much.